The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Hallelujah. Good morning, everybody. Say good morning to your neighbor to the left and to the right. So today we're continuing our series on secure a limitless future. Last week we had a pause. I mean, we had an interlude, if you will, and um, thank God for the message last week. Um, and, but today we get back on track on our new series. And we are in part five of Secure a Limitless Future. I mean, you've been seeing the hashtag going on, S-A-L-F, hashtag S-A-L-F. And, and we, we started by explaining that there are six components of our lives. In fact, officially today we are adding the seventh one. You know, we've been talking about the seventh, the seventh. So there are seven components of our lives that need to work in harmony for us to have a limitless future. We have our family, our faith, our friendships, our fitness, our finance, our farm, and having fun. That is the seventh, having fun. So all these areas need to work in tandem. When they are in harmony, we truly become limitless because, and, and, and we truly enjoy and, and live our lives to the fullest. It is not a zero-sum game like we, we, we explained. So in, in many cases, we, we have um, family time um, robbing finances or finances of people because of their farm, because of their workplace, they are making their family suffer or be, be, because of their fitness. It's affecting their friendships. So you, you cannot um, keep up, you know, even with your children, you know, because of, of fitness. So we see that all these several components are actually integrated. And it is God's will that your family, your faith, your friendships, your fitness, your finance, your farm, all work together in tandem and you have fun in the process. So then your life truly becomes limitless. Our text remains 2 Kings chapter 4 from verse 1. I read 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 1 to 7. One day the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, my husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you? Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in your house? Nothing at all, except a flask of oil, she replied. And Elisha said, Borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour oil from the flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her. And she filled one after another. Soon, every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. They aren't anymore, he told her. And then the oil stopped flowing. Then she came and told the man of God. And he said, go, sell the oil and pay thy debt, and leave thou and thy children 
on the rest. So, so we see all these components there in this passage of scripture. We see family, we see faith, we see friendships, we see fitness, we see finance, we see farm. And I'm sure she had fun at the end of the day, you know, you know, I mean, looking at that creditor in the face and saying to the creditor that wanted to enslave our sons and saying, how much is your money again? $250,000. Okay. Here's your check. The joy, the, the fun she would have, you know sending us our children to school, making sure they have what they need, you know, and, and, and doing life, the, the fun she would have. So today, we will look at finance. Everybody say finance. Finance. That is the fifth F in S-A-L-F. The fifth F is R. Finance. In fact, what got this woman to this point, what triggered this beautiful story for us is a financial situation. It was a financial situation that the woman had that led her to Elisha and the man of God, you know, triggered some supernatural things and, you know, there was there's so much to learn from this passage of scripture. And like, if you've been with us for a while, we've been um, looking at this passage of scripture from, from last year, really. And it's so, so rich. So finance, I'm praying today that your finances will receive a touch of heaven in the name of Jesus. I'm praying that in your finances, the same way this woman experienced the supernatural, that your in your finances you will experience the supernatural in the mighty name of Jesus. So we see here that how limitless she was financially depended on the limits of her family, faith, friendships, fitness, and fam. How limitless this woman was financially, depending on limits on her family. The limits the family put on her, the debt almost made her lose everything. The limits of her faith, it was her faith that brought her out of the situation. If she had a limit in her faith, she would have died in the situation, in her friendships. Through the faith, Go get verses from your friends. So the, the amount of oil she got was, is directly proportional to the number of friends she had and that are willing to borrow her vessels. And of course, her fitness, how much she could carry, was tied to how much oil she could produce. And of course, the farm, having a place of production in the first place. So it's, it's just very beautiful. Today, we are looking at finance. You will see us going in and out of finance and farm today and next week, by the grace of God. Next week, we're going to be looking at the sixth F, which is farm. And the following week, April, Thanksgiving, we are going to be looking at fun. It, it's going to be April, Thanksgiving already. So finance. If we're going to differentiate finance from farm, you see, many times we lump finance and farm together. We lump wealth and work together. And because they are lumped together, we, we, we don't maximize the two and see the difference and see how each can um, benefit us maximally. So by finance, we mean this. Finance is the money you have your wealth and the management of same. That's your finance. Your finance is the money you have, you, the wealth you have, your net worth, your financial net worth, if you will, and how you manage it. The farm, on the other hand, is the main source of this money, the main source of this wealth. Everyone should have a main source of wealth. You can have several streams of income, as they call it. However, mostly you will have a main source, at least at the initial stage of your, of your financial journey. You should have a main source. 
So that main source is your farm. I will say farm. Is that place you go and you plow and you work and you sow, then you, you reap a harvest, so to speak. You, you get paid, you get financial reward. Now, the financial reward you get is your finance. The place you work is your farm. You see the difference? Now, how you operate your finance is what determines whether you'll be poor or whether you'll be wealthy. And the kind of farm you work is what will determine the amount of finance you have available to you in the first place. Okay, so let's look at the story of Isaac. The story of Isaac brings it out, I mean, better for us, makes it clearer in, 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 in another way. So in Genesis 26, verse 12, from verse 12, Genesis 26, verse 12, Isaac planted, now stay with me, Isaac did what? Planted in the land. He planted crops in the land. Farm, that land, planting crops in the land, that was his farm. And the same year, he reaped a hundredfold. That is the money, if you will. Let's use money loosely. That is the, is the wealth, is the resources, the, the money he got from the farm is finance. So I take that again. Isaac planted crops in the land, the farm. Where are you planting crops? Where are you spending your time? Where are you spending your energy? Where are you spending your sweat? That is your farm. If you are spending your time, your energy, your sweat on things that are not rewarding you financially, you are in the wrong farm. You're in the wrong farm. You're in the wrong farm. There must be a reward, a financial reward from your farm. Your farm must produce. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that your farm will produce every toil, every labor, every sweat will bring forth a bountiful harvest in the mighty name of Jesus. So the same year he reaped a hundredfold. And that's the finance, that's the money. Now, because here, here you go. Because the Lord blessed him. Now, that is what makes the farm and the finance beneficial. It is the blessing of the Lord. If Don't miss that. Because it is the blessing of the Lord that makes rich and adds no sorrow. Because the Lord blessed him. So you can have a farm and there's no blessing on it. And you can even have a, a harvest and there's no blessing on it. And it's filled with sorrow. I pray in the name of Jesus that God will bless your farm and God will bless your finance. And because of the blessing upon you, your farm and your finances will be blessed. Say amen. Now, verse 13, this is so beautiful. Then the man became rich <laughs> because his farm was blessed, his finance was blessed. He became rich in the name of Jesus because the blessing of God is upon you. You will become rich. Then the man became rich and he didn't stop there. And his wealth continued to grow. His wealth continued to grow and it grew until it became very wealthy. In the name of Jesus, you will be rich. People that have issues with Christians being rich, I don't know what their problem is. Honestly, I, I really don't know. You know, maybe they should try poverty, you know. But as far as we are concerned, as far as you are concerned, as far as your generation is concerned, you will be rich. Yes, say amen. And... Your wealth will continue to grow. Your wealth will continue to grow in the name of Jesus. 
and it will grow until you have become very wealthy in the name of Jesus. Now, here's verse 14. Here comes verse 14. And this is huge. He had so many flocks and herds <laughs> and servants. Ah, we're going to get to that. You know, we're going to get to that. This is so, so super loaded. Super loaded. That the Philistines envied him. So the wells that his father's servant had dug in the time of his father, Abraham, the Philistines stopped up, filling them with earth. So we see finance and farm at play here. Completely different. Completely separated. The more you understand it, today, if you get the big picture and you get it drilled into you, you are going to do well. You're going to do well. So, in 2 Kings 4, that we read, it says, One day the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. So it's possible to serve God and serve the man of God and fear God and still die in poverty. That will not be your story. In the name of Jesus. So the things that pertain to financial prosperity goes beyond fearing God and serving God by itself. You must understand how finances work. You must understand how the farm works. You must understand how the two are integrated and work it for your favor. Of course, without the blessing of the Lord, it's going to be futile. However, since you have the blessings of the Lord, you must make it productive. God's blessings and grace upon your life must not be in vain. In the name of Jesus. So, the, but the creditor came, as come, as she said, and threatening to take my two sons. So, threatening. What is threatening you? Don't be a passive. What is threatening you? If you look at us as a nation, there are things that are threatening us. And those things that are threatening us, if you bring it down to a personal scale, they're actually threatening you. They're threatening your home. They're threatening your children's future. You have to do something about it. Don't just sit down and fold your hands. You have to do something about it. You have to do something about it. Never ignore threats. You know, the, the situation in um, Ukraine is, 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 is very sad, you know. But Putin was threatening way before COVID. But what was done about the threat? Nothing much. Now, Putin is trying to occupy Ukraine. He's put his nuclear warheads on, on red alert. Threatening. What is the worst saying? I can't do it. Oh, you know. It is only fools that ignore threats. You must believe that every enemy that threatens you has the capacity to carry out the threat. So you must act accordingly. You must. A threat. You know, declaration of war usually starts with threats. If you are wise, you take threats seriously. You take threats seriously. Proverbs 22 verse 3. Proverbs 22 3, the CSB version says that a sensible person sees danger and takes cover, but the inexperienced keep going and are punished. The inexperienced always wishing it go better, it go better, it go better. Hey, the world is not like that. The world does not operate like that. When you see danger, you take cover, you take precautions, you deploy everything that you can to protect yourself and your family and, the, and your loved ones. 
That's what you do. That's what this woman did. But you see, the truth is that she could have caught this threat much earlier. What if she had seen the threat before now? You see, the capacity to see threats from a distance is, 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 is something that God can bless us with. And I pray that God blesses you with and blesses us with the capacity to see threat from a distance and the grace to take action. What if she had, when the husband said, Ah, baby, honey, sweetie, let us borrow some money. <laughs> what if the husband says, Oh, my chocomilo, or whatever, <laughs> let, us, let us borrow some money so that we can pay school fees, then we can go on that trip to Paris, you know, and, you know, and all unborrowed money. What if she had seen slavery for her children in that book me down ticket to New York? What if she had nipped it in the board and said, says to her husband, hey, sweetie, <laughs> we can't do this because this money, if we borrow it, that we are putting shackles on the hands of our children. What if she has seen it? And that's what God wants you to see. You should not wait until they put chains on your children before you know that the actions you are taking today is actually putting chains on your children. You know, if, 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 if we could see the, the, the threat, in the fact, so many people have eaten their future. You've eaten it. The house you are supposed to be living in, you have, you are, you are, you have, you have eaten it. It's, it's in Dubai. It's, it's in Dubai shopping mall. <laughs> you bought gold. You bought this. The gold that you bought, you, you have been swindled. You know, everything is just messed up. Why? Because folks. Don't catch threats early. God wants you to catch threats early. What if, what if she had seen that, oh, you want us to borrow so that we can have Ashwebi, so that we can attend that, you know, party? What if she had seen the slavery of her sons in that Ashwebi that she's wearing on Book Me Down? If you don't know what Book Me Down is... <laughs> Book me down is, you know, where you borrow, you know, from someone that, you know, they keep a stock on your name. Anyway, so for time, catching it early would have solved the problem. I know folks are saying, oh, but pastor, death is not forbidden in the Bible. Mm, by and large, death is actually not forbidden in the Bible. God regulates it. In fact, God says things like, after seven years, you write off the debt. You know, God tries to make life easy for, for people. However, God also highlights the benefits of staying out of debt. So, at the end of the day, it becomes your choice. For instance, Proverbs 22.7. Proverbs 22.7 says, The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. The rich rule over the poor. I mean, where do you want to be? To be ruled over? Where do you want to be? To be a slave? Is that, what, is that where you want to be? Is that where you want your children to be? Then you have to act differently. You, you need to act differently. You need to act differently. The rich and the lender deal from a position of strength all the time. The rich and the lender deal from a position of strength. While the poor and the borrower from a position of weakness. It's a fact. It's a fact. So, and I pray, because this month is a month of strength. God will give you strength financially. You will deal from a position of strength. You will be rich, you will lend, and you will lend to the nation. Why? Because debt is limiting. Debt is completely limiting. You are as free as the margins you create, and debt erodes your margins. You are as free as the margins you create. 2 Kings 4, 7, 2 Kings 4, 7 says, Then she came and told the man of God and said, and he said, sorry, Go sell the oil and pay thy debt and leave thou 
and thy children on the rest. Go pay your debt. Hmm. Speak. This is huge. It's huge. I mean, we can't even do a whole series on, on this by itself. Oof. And leave thou and thy children on the rest. Now, listen. Mostly, it is what you do with the proceeds of the farm that determines your financial future. Mm. It is what you do. It says, go, sell the oil, pay your debt, leave thou and thy children on the, on the rest. So, it is what you do with the proceeds of the farm that determines your financial future. And Elisha is teaching us God's eternal principle. The first priority of your financial increase is to get out of debt. Oh yes, the first priority of your financial increase is to get out of debt. Get out of debt. Personal debt. Get out of, get out of debt. That's your first priority. So the question is this. What does live on the rest look like? Live on the rest. Thou and thy children live on the rest. What does it look like? What does live on the rest look like? How can you live on the rest for the rest of your life? How many gallons do you possibly have? That is all you want to live for for the rest of your life. And not just your life. It says you and your children. So what if this oil that you have produced should sustain you and when you are gone, should sustain your children. And I dare say when they are gone, should sustain their children. So this oil should, should be limitless. So even though it is limited resource that obviously because the vessel finished, the oil stayed, it was so much a blessing that God says, you live on it, you live long, when you are gone, your children will live on it. Ah, wait a minute, even if it is $10 billion, do you know, do you know that one person can finish $10 billion in five years or less? Just one person. <laughs> there are things to waste money on. So it means that how she carries on her life, live on the rest. There are things she should do to maximize the blessings of God upon your life that will last you and your children and the generations yet to come. Mm. There are things you do that will maximize the blessings of God upon your life. There are things to do. So what does live on the rest look like? The first thing we see there is get out of debt. And get out of debt means don't live a fake life. There are people you are owing school fees, but you are traveling to, you are taking your children on summer, but you are owing school fees. How do people think? Says, but oh, we need to go on summer because you know. Uh, all our friends are going, they are going with the children, we are doing this for the children. Really? You are actually killing them because their children, your children are seeing how you are living a fake life and that is what they are going to live. How? How are you able? You are buying new dresses, right? Meanwhile, you are owing someone's money. Why are you buying a new dress when you are owing someone money? Say, but pastor, I need to look good. I need to slay, pastor. <laughs> Stop the fake life. Stop the fake life. That's what get out of debt means. Stop living a fake life. Stop it. What does live on the rest look like? What does it look like? I'm going to attempt to paint a big picture here. And I pray that God will give you the details 
in the name of Jesus. Because if we begin to go into details, we're going to start another series, a sub-series. <laughs> so, big picture here. What does it look like? I've summarized it into three. Called RMS. Everybody say RMS. RMS means retain, multiply, shoulder. So, live on the rest means you retain, everybody say retain, you multiply, everybody say multiply, then you shoulder, everybody say shoulder. Let's take it one after the other. Live on the rest. You and your children live on the rest. Retain. Hmm, it's big. So to live on the rest, you must retain wealth. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. The strength and the capacity to retain wealth, receive it in the name of Jesus. You will retain wealth. Your children will retain wealth in the mighty name of Jesus. The first thing is to retain. Imagine, just the oil could have been physically spilled in the process of managing it. Carelessness. People lose stuff. A guy 1-6 says, you earn wages only to put them in a bag of holes. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, your wages will not be put in a bag of holes. So the first thing is you need to earn wages. We're going to see that next week when we look at the farm. When we look at the farm, you need to earn wages. So then when you, when you the wages, is your wealth, is your money, is your increase, for you to live on the rest, for you to have to secure your financial future, to be limitless financially, you can't put your money in bags of holes. You have to retain. For starters, you have to retain wealth. Basic way of retaining wealth, basic, basic, is you must have it, you must save. So at the end of every month, for every income, you must save. You have to be brutal about it. You must save. Not you can save. Not you should save if you've paid for everything. Savings is not what you do after you've paid for everything. Savings is what you do first before you pay for everything. You must save. Say, but pastor... It's so difficult to save. I mean, in this economy, we cannot save. Yari, yari, yari. <laughs> Don't believe the lie of the devil. If you believe it, that is what it's going to be. In fact, the, 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 someone said that if you are unable to save, the seed of greatness is not in you. It's, 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 it's ouch. If you are unable to save, say something like that. The seed of greatness is not in you. So, what can we do, Pastor? You're saying, oh, but my children, I'm the one paying the bills. or oh, I'm the one taking care of this, of, of everything. There's just not enough money to save. There's always enough. Let me give you an example. Let's say you have two children, right? And you must feed them, Right? You, you must, you try, you do everything to feed them, right? Just imagine you have a third, a third child. <laughs> so I, said, I, I reject that. <laughs> no, no, no. Imagine you have a third child. You maybe have four children. Imagine you have a fifth child. You must feed that child. You must take care of that child, right? So it means that you can actually squeeze something out. Guess what? If at the end, at the beginning of the income, let me tell you, let me tell you how I broke out of it. I was in that space too. I broke out of it. At the beginning of my income, the first thing I do is I tithe. This is for God. What is left, the next thing I do is I save. This is for me. <laughs> now what is left, we will stretch it. We will squeeze it and it will 
go round. You know why? Because what is left is blessed. Hallelujah. Because what is left is blessed in a way that only heaven knows. I mean, that's, that's the way I could describe my, that season of my life. I don't know how what is left could take care of all my bills, but it does. I had to postpone some payment, I had to do this, I had to do that. But I just kept going. I just kept going. I just kept going. Operating this principle, I just kept going. But guess what? Today, by the grace of God, I'm out of it. You, God has a plan for you. God has a plan, a financial future for you. So he says, talking to the Jews, you earn wages only to put them in a bag of holes. Three things that makes holes in your pockets. Three things that make holes in your pockets. The first is not prioritizing God. Not prioritizing God. You know, in fact, that's the case of the, the Jews. God says, hey, okay, fine, you can build your beautiful houses, right? And my own house is in. Not prioritizing God put holes in your pocket. What is the priority of God for you? What is the priority of God for you? Don't ignore it. When you prioritize God, God will bless you and bless what is left. That is the first thing. The second thing is, not able to keep a secret. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not able to keep a secret. Can you put holes in your financial future? There are things that God has said to you that you are working on. Keep your mouth shut. Keep your mouth shut. Before you know it, you've said to this, oh, oh, have you seen this idea? Oh, have you, before you know it, everything is depleted. You, you just even don't have this the power, the spiritual capacity to birth it. Why? Because you've told everybody about it. They don't even have to be the wrong people, quote-unquote. They don't even have to be people that have, that have winch, if you will. Now imagine you're now telling people that have evil spirits. Keep your mouth shut. Bag of holes, in fact, the, the, the meaning of, in the saying, bag of holes, if you Google bag of holes, what it means is that a waste of good money, that's the first meaning. You know the second meaning of bag of holes? Bag of holes, when you say someone is a bag of holes, it means a person who can't keep a secret. Mm -hmm. Check it out. A person who can't keep a secret. Some people end up in penury. Why? Because they can't retain wealth. They can't retain wealth. The third thing, I mean, three things that make holes. The third is lack of strength, lack of capacity, lack of character strength, lack of inner strength. And this month and beyond, God will strengthen you. God will increase your strength. The capacity to have money in your pocket and walk past that beautiful bag and not buy it. Receive it. <laughs> the capacity to have money in your account and walk past that, you know, mama puts with nice bokoto and not buy it. You need it. Receive it in the name of Jesus. The capacity to walk past whatever it is that is unnecessary spending and not receive it. Why? Proverbs 11.16 says to us, Proverbs 11.16, strong men retain wealth. <laughs> strong men retain wealth. Strong men retain wealth. A strong woman retains wealth. A weak woman or a weak man cannot retain wealth. Cannot retain wealth. So the, the issue is not what God has blessed you with. The issue is are you retaining what God has blessed you with? The word there, strong men, also means brutal men. <laughs> also means ruthless men. So sometimes you need to be brutal to retain your money, to retain wealth, the money that God has blessed you. You need to be ruthless. Someone says, oh, you know, oh, oh, I have a wife. A man came to me one day and said, oh, I have a wife. 
he has an emergency that his wife just gave birth to triplets. You and he cannot pay hospital bill. Ah, oh, oh pastor, help me. But, but I, I was like, okay, congratulations, sir. Oh, sir, I should not congratulate him. Oh, what is he going to use to pay for? <laughs> I said, I said, delivery of baby is not an emergency. You had nine months. <laughs> nine months. And if you've done the scan on month four or five, they will tell you it is uh, three that is inside there. So month one, month two, month three, month four, month five, month six, month seven, month eight, month nine. Baby comes, you are running up and down. You are not serious. <laughs> Say, Pastor, is that not brutal? Is that not rude? You know, you need to stop just throwing your money at anything that appears to be a need. So that's the first thing. You retain wealth. The second thing is you multiply. Everybody say multiply. You multiply. Hmm. You can't multiply what you have not retained, what you don't have, what you have not retained. So given. So now you have retained it. You need to learn to multiply it. You need to multiply. Now, see that the farm is what, where you produce the wealth. It's not necessarily where you multiply it. Many of us are looking to the farm to multiply our wealth. You don't get wealthy primarily. Just a few people get wealthy from the farm. A few people, very few. The most people that get wealthy, and the patterns I see in scriptures is that you get wealthy outside of the farm. You take the produce of the farm and you multiply it. That is how to get wealthy. So people are angry with their work. They are angry with their farm because of their financial position. And God is saying, what are you doing? You didn't prioritize. You didn't, you didn't prioritize God. You didn't, you, didn't, you didn't do your tithing. You didn't prioritize yourself. You didn't save. You didn't retain wealth. And you are blaming your farm. You can't blame your farm. And you didn't multiply it. You can't blame your farm. You can't. So pastor, what are you saying? What I'm saying is this. To live on the rest. That statement that Elisha told that woman is loaded. Live on the rest. We just read it and walk away. To live on the rest, you must not only retain wealth, you must multiply your wealth. You must multiply I'm going to show you. A passage we read, Genesis 26, verse 12. Genesis 26, 12 says, And Isaac planted crops in the land, that is in his farm. And the same year, he reaped a hundredfold. Excuse me. If you plant crops, what would you reap? Crops. Right? If you plant corn, you reap corn. If you plant, let's say planted rice, you reap rice, planted tomatoes, you reap tomatoes, cucumbers, you reap. True? Good. I just want us to establish that. Now, because the Lord had blessed him, so he planted crops. He reaped a harvest of crops, right? Now, see, here's the transition. The man became rich. He retained wealth. He became rich. And the wealth multiplied, continued to grow. Hmm, what is going on here? Until he became very wealthy. Oh, what is this wealth? What is the measure of this wealth? Now, listen to this. He had so many flocks and herds and servants. Wait, 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 wait. wait. If a man planted crops and reaped a hundredfold, then the Bible should say he should, ha he, he, he should have, what the Bible should say is that he has a lot of corn, a lot of millet, a lot of cucumbers, a lot of tomatoes. It was rich in rice. It was rich in onions. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that it was rich in flock. <laughs> he had so many flock and heads and servants. How can you plant corn and have so many flocks? So what? Isaac was doing here is that he was taking from the farm and converting to wealth. 
He was converting it to wealth. Like we said earlier, mostly, mostly, it is what you do with the proceeds of the farm that determines your financial future. It is not the proceeds of the farm that determines your financial future. It is what you do with the proceeds of the farm. And if you check, one thing that flock, eggs, slaves have in common is that they reproduce. Mm. <laughs> That's huge. So one thing that flock, eggs, and slaves have in common is that they can, by themselves, meet themselves and reproduce. They are self-reproducing, self-reproducing, self-reproducing. So to multiply your wealth, you must engage your wealth in things that are self-reproducing, that can mate at night while you are sleeping. They are mating and they are reproducing and reproducing and reproducing. So you put your money in things that reproduce. That's how you multiply. Everything is in the Bible. Everything is in the Bible. You put your money in things that multiply. Open your mind. And you see, I'm, I can't, I, I can't, I can't, I don't even, I'm not a financial advisor. So, or an investment guru or what have you. No, no, no I'm, 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 I'm just an apostle of the gospel of Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, <laughs> but open your mind. There's a new wave. Open your mind. Don't close your mind to cryptocurrencies. Don't close your mind to NFTs. Don't close your mind. Don't gamble either. Invest. That again is a series on its own. It's a whole series on its own. So we see, second thing is multiply. I must say multiply. So the third thing, RMS. Retain, multiply, S is your shoulder, your shoulder. So what I'm saying is this, to live on the rest means you retain your wealth, you multiply your wealth, that's number two. Number three, you provide a shoulder the next generation can stand on. This next generation should be able to stand on your shoulder and go further and go higher. Second Kings 4, 7, then she came to him and said, I told him, and he said, go sell the oil, pay your debt, leave thou and thy children on the rest, and thy children, your children are also supposed to live on this rest, on this miraculous supply, your children are supposed to be in the plan. So the blessing of God should not be limited to you. So how do you make a blessing limitless, that it goes from one generation to the other. How do you make a blessing that is finite? It's absolutely finite because the, 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 the vessels were finite, the oil stayed, so the oil they had was finite. So the woman is supposed to live on it for, for, for the rest of her life. And then the children are also supposed to live on the same thing for the rest of their lives. And I dare say, like I said earlier, they should pass it on. How do you do that? You hand over two things. Two main things, like I said, even this itself is a whole series by itself. You hand over two main things. Number one, you hand over the covenant. I must say the covenant. You hand over the covenant. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and it adds no sorrow. You add over the covenant, the God of your father. The children must know the God of their father because it is the God of their father that brought them out of that mess and gave them that platform. You must hand over the covenant. Malachi 3, 10 says, And I will open the windows of heaven for you. And I will pour out a blessing. A blessing. A blessing. How many times does a woman go to, 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 to Elisha? Once. A blessing. So great, you won't have enough room to take it in. Didn't we see that? All because the father was faithful. Try it. Put me to the test. A blessing that, they, that will go from generation to generation to generation to generation. You hand over the covenant. That's the first thing. Second thing, 
I mean, again, I pray that the Holy Spirit will expound this further for you in Jesus' name. Amen. The second thing you hand over, you hand over a wealth infrastructure. You must build a wealth infrastructure that you hand over to the next generation. You know? And Abraham did a lot of that. In Genesis 26, 15, that we read, Genesis 26, 15 says, So all the wells, I was say wells, wells that his father's servant had dug in the time of Abraham, his father. The Philistines were trying to stop him and filling them up with earth. So Abraham built wells or dug wells. And he built also trenches and other wealth infrastructures for Isaac. So Isaac came and just, Isaac didn't need to start by building wells. The wealth infrastructure that Abraham had built. Of course, the enemy tries to attack, attack it. And they will always fail in the name of Jesus. But the point is this. Isaac had wealth infrastructure on ground to work with. That's how you do it. So we see, from a big picture standpoint again, live on the rest. After you get out of debt, you retain, you multiply, and you shoulder. You retain, you multiply, and you shoulder. I want to pray with you today. You know, I want to pray with two main categories of people. You know. The first category are those that are like, I need this blessing because Isaac sowed in the land and reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. You are saying, Pastor, I need this blessing. I need, I need to be connected to God. I need to have the blessing of Jehovah. I need to surrender my life to Jesus. Oh, I used to be born again, but I am not saved. I need to, you, I want to pray with you. That's the first category. Second category are those that they are like, Pastor, I have a relationship with God. I think I've messed up in a lot of areas. In fact, I don't even know where to start from. I need God to help me. I pray in the name of Jesus for you that God will breathe upon you and help you. God will bring you back together again. And you begin to build according to his pattern in the name of Jesus. And again, I, I want to encourage you to maybe listen to this message over and over again. You know, this is a lot that was said in, the, in this teaching. Now to the first category, you're like, Pastor, that blessing, I need it. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. Can I do it now? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I need you, at the count of three, you put up your hand now over your head, even if you're in the auditorium or if you are online and once you put up that hand the, the RP will take it from there that is me pastor one two three put up that hand over your head shoot it up put it up put it up put it up put it up and the RP is going to take over from here 